Welcome to High Gluttony. I'm Gretchen. And I'm Becca. And we're two ladies on an adventure. Listen along every 10 days or so as we cook a dish we like. Quest about cannabis education. Or chat with someone we respect. You can find more information about this episode at highgluttony.com. Thanks for joining us, Gluttoneers. Off we go. Gretchen, I am fired up today. I'm drinking straight whiskey. And about two hours ago, I took 80 milligrams of edibles because we got an email yesterday from our building that the smell of weed was detected outside our apartment. And now we're at risk for eviction because there's a stupid, 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 I won't commit any crimes clause in our lease. So first of all, this shouldn't be a crime. This shouldn't be a crime anywhere. It shouldn't be a crime no matter how you dice it. It's fucking bullshit that cannabis is not legal everywhere. And more importantly, not decriminalized everywhere. And what's happening to me is kind of a small part of all of that mess. And I'm still like furious. (laughs) I am sticky with anger, which is perfect (laughs) because we're making sticky stuff today. So that's where I'm coming from. What are you smoking and drinking today, Gretchen? So I'm having a little bit of a fruit cart since I still have a bit of that left from a purchase a couple of months ago. So I was like, probably should work through that marijuana sooner than later. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Cannabis. Work through my cannabis collection. So I'm going to have some of that. And then I made a faux sangria with a little bit of nectarines because I'm having an absolute glut of uh, nectarines and peaches off my tree right at the moment. So I uh, put put a couple of the little little tiny guys that wouldn't be good for anything else into my drink, shook it up with a little bit of the pear brandy and then topped it off with some white wine. And so I'm having faux sangria today. <laughs> Express sangria. Express sangria. <laughs> like your Express baked potato. <laughs> We like things fast over here at Gretchen's house. <laughs> fast and I was going to say cheap, but that was like, no, that's not right. Fast is sort of expensive. <laughs> but uh, while I have uh, hit off my bowl, why don't you tell us about our sticky, our sticky food situation today? <laughs> Gretchen mentioned nectarines and we are going to be making a recipe from food and wine kind of loosely based off food and wine. Obviously, Gretchen's been making this stuff for a long time, so we'd really just follow her guidance for the most part. But we're going to make nectarine jam and nectarines in syrup, which is exciting because you get fruit and you get a tasty syrup for other uses. Today, we'll be using nectarines, sugar, lemon, ginger, pectin, and water. That's pretty much it. People, I think people are a little intimidated by preserving fruit and things like that. And it's, it's a, it's not as serious as all that. Like <laughs> sometimes <laughs> well, I'm just, one of those people. So yeah. yeah. Well, that's why you're here with me. Who is the queen, the queen of canning, at least canning jam. That's my main canning experience that I can bring to this table. But jam itself is a world level one recipe and nectarines and syrup are even more of a level world one recipe, especially if you're not planning to actually can, can them, can, can them, can, can them, (laughs) can, 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 the can, can episode, everybody (laughs) talk about what you can, can, what you can't, can, no, (laughs) can, the word can is going to come up a lot in this episode. Take a puff, take a drink every time we say can. 
is the Kai Gluttony drinking game. We'll tell you the, the <laughs> special word at the beginning of every episode. <laughs> Today it's can. So we're going to try and show you that canning can be a little bit easier than most people thought and that anyone can do it. It's, it's simple. Don't overthink it. Like you, that might be part of everyone. That's my problem. I overthink everything. Same. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> not as hard as we make things out to be, as is the case with most things. It's not usually as tough as our mind projects or predicts it to be. Labor intensive, especially when you get into the canning part of the situation. But um, we'll talk about that in just a second. (laughs) Great. Gretchen, I'm guessing that you learned a bunch of shit when you were researching for this episode, as usual. What do you think is something that we should know before we get started? I wanted to give you some shit I didn't know before about nectarines and peaches. (laughs) Because I thought I was fairly well-versed and turns out, nah, (laughs) not, not at all. Let's start out with some basic, more general fruit facts. Because once I read something that said, peaches and nectarines do not get any sweeter once they leave the tree, I was like, well, no, no, duh. Relating this uh, to wine grape, there's a reason you call it like hang time for grapes. You got to leave it on and let that sugar develop. And that's a really important part of making wine is because you have to let that sugar develop because that dictates your alcohol content or, well, for any fermentation because your yeast needs food. But- (laughs) Nectarines and peaches, while most people tend to let them sort of this is not ripen at room temperature, I was going to call it aging, but I was like, that's not, we're not aging fruit here. <laughs> How <laughs> old do you think your nectarines are at this point? <laughs> Mentally, Gretchen. <laughs> Teenagers, are they adults? <laughs> I mean, we're getting into granny stages at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Wise old nectarine. But this is the reason why most peaches you can buy in a grocery store suck is because they're a very delicate fruit. So they pick them much, the earlier kind of the better so that they can get them to market intact. And while they will soften up a bit and the, there was another word I was thinking of, but I can't think of it now. They will soften (laughs) up over time, but once it comes off the tree, that sugar level's fixed. So that's why much better to get your fruit from a farmer's market I mean, we have one person at the Napa farmer's market that brings them in these like very carefully like constructed boxes and you're not allowed to touch them. And cool. She's very picky. Her fruit is amazing, <laughs> but respect the fruit, respect the fruit. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really put that together. So you're saying when you bring a fruit home and it's still hard, it's never going to get sweeter than that first, than what you have. As soon as you bring it home, it'll just get softer. Correct. Yeah. Okay. A a texture. You're going to affect the texture more than anything else. Yeah. That is pretty cool shit. I didn't know that before. And that's not even the end. I've got like six more facts here for you, Becca. Get excited. Uh, I'm I'm buckled in. Let's keep going. The gene that makes peaches fuzzy is actually recessive in nectarine. They are essentially the same fruit, just with like what this one gene turned off or on, resulting in either a furry fruit or not so furry fruit. <laughs> Take your pleasure. Yeah. Although on food and cooking also says that they're supposed to be more aromatic than peaches, which I was like, I don't know. They're both pretty aromatic. I don't, I'm not sure I see much of a difference, but we trust Harold. It's fine. <laughs> In Harold, we trust. I thought the yellow varieties were actually the more genetically older of the two. 
because you have white or yellow. Those are the two main colors that peaches come in. Peaches were always white. Like the the yellow ones were actually developed in the 1850s. Yellow peaches aren't even that old of a fruit. Interesting. Along that line, apparently they were also freestone versus cling. So you have your, those are the other two main ways to differentiate between different stone fruits is they either cling to the pit in the middle or the pit is easily removable. Originally, the fruit was like, yeah, here, take my pits. And for some reason, somebody decided to breed them so that the, they'd be like, nah, I'd like to keep my pit in here, please. Like, I was like, what? Why? <laughs> I hate <laughs> that. Why would you want to make it harder on yourself? <laughs> yeah. Ew. Just but float that stone around. Let it yeah, fall out. Let it fall out. <laughs> the good news is, is you're not typically going to find cling peaches anywhere they're used mostly in industrial canning operations. So likely dole, like to dole's the one that comes to, to, to front of mind first. Mm-hmm. You you probably won't have to worry about that. But and, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know there was a difference between freestone and clean. You can't really tell on the surface, right? Or on the exterior. There's no way to know. No, aside from the fact that most cling peaches, I think, are very yellow where the freestone ones tend to have that like yellow and peachy or you know white and peachy kind of color that it's like a yeah a red blush almost like to a, them yeah yeah almost like a pink mm-hmm. a, a nice color they have a nice color I like the color <laughs> yeah I found a really cute little donut peach that has a really pretty color yeah on the outside it's really cute the, the, i have to say that donut peaches to me I'm like they're they're fashion peaches like what's oh my the God, point yeah. it's very silly it just looks like someone sat on a regular peach right. and just squished it <laughs> I don't it makes no sense yeah. to me I just got one I was like well this is a cute little thing I'll just take this with me <laughs> for visuals, visuals yeah. are fine. I've definitely bought donut or ga- I've also seen them called like galaxy peaches or like Saturn peaches, I think I've seen before, something like that. Cool. How should we store these things? Well, you don't want to store them below 48 degrees Fahrenheit because below that temperature, there's an, it inhibits the breakdown of the natural pectin in the fruit, and you'll end up with a mealy kind of texture, which is probably fine if you're going to cook it. But if you just want to eat it, then ugh, mealy peaches, gross. I mean, <laughs> The idea is offensive to me. How dare they? Another point, because peaches and nectarines have a pretty thin skin, similar to like strawberries, one of those things, it's better to go organic when you can. Even better if you can grow them yourself, because then you know exactly what's been put on them, Okay. because you won't have as much stuff you don't really want to be eating that is absorbed through the skin of your, your fruit. Got right. it. And the thing I learned this morning, because I started reading a bunch of stuff about how to grow it, because I was like, maybe we should talk about growing them. And I was like, nope, that's no, 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 no. Gretchen, (laughs) bring it in. We got a lot of shit to talk about. You can't go down that hole too. (laughs) Is planting chives and garlic around the base of your stone fruit trees will help keep some of the pests away and may also help prevent leaf curl, which is one of the most common and annoying diseases. (laughs) Hmm. that's very cool then so you'll try it yeah I mean I'm gonna try it I have chives growing all over my garden I was like okay so we got to get rid of my 
salad burnet garden that's around my <laughs> my main peach tree here and just put all my alliums under there instead so see if maybe i can get to no leaf curl at some point but apparently it's also spread by rain so i was like well that oh. seems like it shouldn't actually have anything to do with anything <laughs> but <laughs> but if you say so wikipedia no just kidding i don't know what your source is <laughs> That either came from the food lover's garden or the thing my brother sent me about pruning nectarine trees. I'm not cool. sure exactly which. I'm I'm excited because if I can get the pests to stay out of my, my trees, that'd be awesome. Yeah, those are your fruit trees. Because I don't have enough shit to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll replant your whole garden. <laughs> Sorry, Gluttoners, we got to take a real break. Gretchen's redoing her whole lawn, <laughs> her whole yard, yeah. We had originally wanted to do peaches. We decided on peaches. We were moving forward with peaches. We were waiting till your peaches were ready. And I ordered peaches from the store and nectarines showed up. <laughs> what like, so you had already said there's not really a difference between the two. So today we're only using nectarines, but we're going to split them up into two methods. What are our projects? So we've got the nectarines and syrup that we're doing because we wanted to make something that could go on top of the fleur de lay that we made last last time. And we're also going to make jam because it's jam. Jam can go on ice cream. Jam can go on toast. Jam's our favorite. my mouth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say jam's <laughs> our favorite thing from coast to coast, you know, and make a little rhyme there. <laughs> So it's syruping and we're jamming today. Syruping and jamming. Nice. So, yeah, it's going to be, it's exciting. And I forced you to do it because I have so many peaches coming in. I was like, I have to, going to have to make jam this year since we, I abandoned all canning last year. I have obligations to can this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a summer for you if you're not canning a bunch of fruit making way more jam than anyone wants to eat. That's really <laughs> my whole summer. You Most years until we started this podcast and now it's totally different scenario. So. <laughs> Can you talk me through how canning works? What does that typically look like? Canning is a method of preserving food and the process works by expelling the air from the inside of the container which inhibits any bacterial or moldy growth that would happen on your food normally. The only thing that will never get moldy is honey. Never? No, it's the only food that will actually last forever. They found jars from like ancient Egypt, sealed, totally edible. Awesome. In pristine shape, like it had just put in, been put in a jar yesterday. I love that so much. I'm gonna have to look up the name of the show that I learned that that I originally learned that from. It was the, it's the one, it was like on the discovery channel where it was like, basically like it would show you like after people were gone, you know, it was like, it was called like something like after humans die or something. (laughs) I mean, that was definitely not. (laughs) The discovery channel didn't name their discovery. Yeah. They were just like, after humans are dead, (laughs) after humans are gone, this is what is going to happen to all their shit. You know, it's a general gist of the show. With less profanities, of course. Sure. But most other foods, if there's air, light, and food, it's going to attract bacteria and fungus and have things grow on it. So canning's not 100% foolproof because you can get stuff that spoils. But the idea is to make it last a lot longer than it would under normal circumstances. So typically, you can do 
two types of canning. There's hot and cold pack. I've exclusively worked with hot pack, which is just really taking the hot food and putting it into hot jars. And then mostly I'm used to working with two piece lids. So you have what you call the band and then the actual lid part that seals. You just want to tighten that on finger tight. So like barely tight. And what you're trying to do is allow air to escape, but not let water get into the jar. Every so often, this does not go 100% up to plan. I think I've made pretty much only had this happen to me like four or five times in my life. And I've done a lot of canning. Yeah, that's a pretty good ratio. <laughs> and you can't tighten it down too much. Otherwise, if the air can't escape, your jar is going to explode. <laughs> so Minor detail. Minor detail. <laughs> just, just barely tightened. You put it sub- fully submerge it in water. And for jam, you let it process for about eight minutes. And then you pull it out. And what you should have happen within a few, like 15 to 20 minutes at the most of pulling it out of your water, hot water processing, is that you'll hear that lid pop down. You know that on the- cans, that like <laughs> uh, the button that's like, if this mm-hmm. button is up, it's bad. Mm-hmm. So most canning jars have a similar pro- thing to show you when it's sealed. So you'll hear it go and it'll suck in, or you can just chuck it in your fridge and eat that one first. (laughs) That's what usually happens for me. It's like, okay, or I'm going to give it to somebody I know eats a lot of jam. Got it. And today we're going to make ours fresh or we're going to plan on using it fresh. So we're not going through that, the actual removal of air and sealing that way, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's a real pain in the butt, mostly because I've, only done it with the hot water, like boiling method, which is loud. And you're dealing with lifting things that are sort of slippery out of hot ass water and dealing with the potential of spilling boiling water all over yourself, not to mention the possibility of dropping it a jar and having it smash Ugh. and break. And Ugh. so canning's not for everybody. It is, <laughs> it is a process. It's not the most fun thing it's doable. Like if we had an apocalypse, most people could learn how to can their own food. Can you tell me the difference between jam and jelly? This is something I've always wondered. And and when I tell you, you're just going to be like, that's it? Yeah. <laughs> so jam has the fruit pulp in it. Jelly is made with just juice from the fruit. So nutritionally, jam's actually a little bit better for you because you're getting like your fiber and whatever else that gets left in there what hi what we have a visitor i have a visitor i have a ginger sitting next to me like waving at me right now oh do you just you being she's been very funny today come on you want to come sit in my lap we don't get a ginger visit that often gluttoniers ginger's one of gretchen's cats yes she doesn't usually come over while i'm recording to wave at me but (laughs) so yeah that's the 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 big mystery of jam versus jelly is <laughs> mystery juice, of the universe. Juice no. or whole fruit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So simple. I love it. That's great. I feel like I probably do a lot of jelly then purchasing in the store. I am also a little bit more partial to jelly, sort of. It especially for things that have a lot of seeds, like Ugh, same. Um, we both hate seeds. Yeah. Black- Blackberry and raspberry. Ugh. I'm like, oh God, please stop with the seeds. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Get them the fuck out of there. So I always make my blackberry jam without seed. For a long time, did not de-seed it because I kept following the recipes. I follow the recipe and I was like, no, actually, actually, <laughs> I can do whatever the fuck I want. 
And I was free after that. <laughs> Let Seedless Jam be your guide. <laughs> I got a little more to share since we're doing okay. something I haven't really done before, which is putting doing the fruit in syrup. I've done this one other time, and I believe I still have some quince in my cupboard. <laughs> it's packed in syrup. So from America's cookbook, I got to learn that when you find like the fruit in syrup in the store, there's like a light, medium and heavy syrup. They're generally labeled like peaches and light syrup. So light is a one cup of sugar to three cups of water ratio. So pretty weak, weak tea there. And then medium is one cup of sugar to two cups of water. And then heavy is a, a one cup to one cup. So one cup of sugar with one cup of water. And today, the recipe we found from our recipe from food and wine is two cups of sugar, to three cups of water. So it's a medium heavy medium. syrup. Yeah. Somewhere between. It's not an exact match to any of those ratios, but no, a little on the closer to medium and heavy than light. It's definitely in between medium and heavy. Really for what we're trying to do, because part of our idea was to actually make like a peach syrup straight up. But I was like, well, we could just put the fruit in it. This is this is a good ratio to do because it is that like slightly heavier, but it'll make kind of a nice ice cream topping. <laughs> I'm so excited. And I'm my experiment today is we're going to do a process for peeling our, our stone fruit called blanching gore the skin just a little bit, which is usually means just cutting a little X into the opposite end from the stem and then bunk, bunking it. <laughs> then you put them in little bunk beds <laughs> <laughs> and tuck them away for a while. <laughs> and then eventually camp. they just crawl out of those clothes <laughs> like horny little teenagers. <laughs> Immature little fruits. <laughs> Immature fruits. <laughs> so you don't oh, bunk I... them. No, you don't bunk them. You dunk them. <laughs> ah, dunk. <laughs> submerge, submerge them in some boiling water. And that just cooks just enough because you want to leave them in the water for like no longer than a minute. Just enough of the fruit to get it to let go of the, the skin. So it's really easy to peel it. And I'm going to take those peels and infuse them into my syrup. Because I want to see if I can get a little like, bit of that pink color to come out and go into my syrup. And so I can have a nice like pinky syrup. And I'm just worried cool. there's not enough pigment in the flesh to do it. I'm going to see if I can get an extra hit of nectarine color and flavor in there. So that's my mad, mad, mad Gretchenist experiment for today. Okay, just one, kind of. Mm-hmm. This whole thing is a little bit of a Mad Gretchenist, but that part will be a focused Mad Gretchenist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> A stated, a stated goal to find out, to figure <laughs> out. So why don't you take us through exactly what we're using today? Great. Before I say everything we're going to use today, though, I want to talk us through real quick just how I understand what we're going to do with the fruit itself. So we're going to boil it all at the same time and then peel it. And then part of it we'll use for the syrup and part of it we'll use for the jam. So the syrup, we're going to make a simple syrup and then pour that over the fruit And then for the jam, we're going to cook the peaches just a little bit and then add sugar and pectin and lemon to that. And then for our nectarines in syrup and jam, we're going to be using about five to eight nectarines in total. We'll use four cups of sugar. We'll use a to-be-determined amount of pectin. Can you real quick 
I'm going to read these, but can you give me like a one line or two about what pectin is before we move on? So let me finish reading these. And then if you could help me with that. So a little bit of pectin, three cups of water up to a quarter cup of lemon. This will be in flux too. And then some ginger that we're going to put in with the syrup. So what is pectin? I've never, this is new to me. I know you were very concerned when I said pectin because you were, you were thinking gelatin. Right. Which it is. It's a very similar process, actually. <laughs> it's molecule in the, the fruit that when cooked makes the fruit gel a little bit. Your fruits that are highest in pectin, cranberries, they are very high in pectin. So it's like, yeah, they hold their whole shape and then just shiver. Yeah. <laughs> you also have your apples and pretty much everything in that family. Citrus fruits, particularly in the the rind, there's a lot of pectin. And so most derived pectin that you can buy in the store specifically for jam and jelly making is typically a citrus pectin. So it's derived from a citrus, from like citrus peels. Got it. And that works to just bind and add a little bit stickiness. Yeah, stickiness. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's a thickening agent because that's all you really need for a jam is because you've got your pulp from the fruit that's providing part of your body. And so you just need a little extra to kind of bring everything together. <laughs> like my A orange. little cat update. Gretchen's cat Ginger has moved up to her lap and now the majority of Gretchen's face is covered in a tail. tail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Going to be a problem. <laughs> like a little orange striped dick. In my yes. Case. Well, could you be so lucky? That's a big tail. <laughs> a, I don't know. The, I'd, I'd be more happy with more girth. Length. Length is not what I'm here for. I'm here for, anyway. You need a little, you need a little more pectin in there. A little more pectin in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we said the sticky. Here. We, we said sticky. We're going to start with the blanching, right? Correct. That's our first step. And Very then first. we'll divide the fruit from there into what will be used for the jam and what will be used for the syrup. Correct. Okay. So first we score them. Mm-hmm. X marks the spot. X marks then the spot. Then put them in boiling water for up to a minute. And then what happens? Then we're going to, as soon as you take them out of the boiling water, you're putting them in, in an ice bath and we're doing a combo ice bath slash mild brine, which apparently will help prevent brining or browning. And brining. <laughs> I forgot to add salt. To my ice water when uh, Chili said that. So brining is just adding salt, right? Correct. America's cookbook didn't explain how the salt works to prevent the browning. I'll have to check into that. But I figure anything that can help help us keep that nice color, we're going to try. Okay. It's okay to have some pieces of the fruit that are like a little sticky or a little... Yeah, a little a little soft. Squishy. That's That should yeah. be okay. And America's and cookbook, they were talking about having some more ripe ones and some less ripe ones for your use. Great. An X or like a little score mark you said on the opposite of the. From the stem. So on the bottom of the fruit. Yeah. Okay. About how many at a time are we going to put into the boiling water? Four. I'm going to start with four just because I don't want to overcrowd the pan because if you put too many in at a time, it's going to lower down the temperature of your water. You're going to be forced to cook it for longer, which is going to affect the ability of getting that skin off or you're going to take more flesh with it than you want. Better to get it in really hot water so that it's quicker. You don't want it to take longer. Really hot water, super boiling, get it in there, try to get get it it out. I got it. I get stuff sometimes when you explain it. I'm glad. 
All right, I'm going to take a little hit here. Okay. And then I'm going to head over to the stove so we can get started. I am using my my slotted spoon to help me lower these in so I'm not having to chuck them in and like have splash back in my face. Okay, so you're going to try to go pretty quick with all four? Yes, I'm, I've, got all, I've got four in my right now. The first one I put in here, I'm already starting to see the skin split a little bit. And then I have one that I actually took some, you know, bots off the side because they were like a little bit moldy. This, you can see the skin starting to pull away from that, those cut places. So like even where I scored it, I'm starting to see a lot of some action. 30 seconds. So I'm starting to pull mine out. Okay. So, so that separation is an indicator of it being pretty much ready. Right. Or close. Yes. That it should be able to, you should be able to get that off. Okay. okay, I'm starting to remove my first four from the water. I'm seeing a little bit of that pulling away at the gore. I got a bunch of apricots this week in the CSA, so I might do this again tomorrow with some apricots. We could make some really nice apricot jam. Well, I left my peaches and or my, sorry, my nectarines in way too long the second time. Oops. Got distracted. So you're gonna? I'm gonna do a couple more pieces of fruit just to. I've are got you gonna a do lot. like all of them? Like eight? I mean. Oh yes, I've done all. I've I'm on. I'm at, I've done all eight of my original. Okay, I'm gonna put my second four in. And I'm now I'm putting my third round of fruit in. Okay. So my skin just came right off. Nice. Okay, so blanching, then peel, then ice bath, then peeling. Yep. Okay. And that should, the skin should come right off real easy. If it doesn't, dunk it back in the water for a few more seconds and cool it down again and try, try, try again. <laughs> I mean, there is a certain sort of limitation, but um, sure, there's a little too much boiling that can happen. Yes. How do you correct? How do you know when that's happened? If you're if you're just like if the fruit is falling apart more than <laughs> okay peeling, you've probably gone too far. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> eh, it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I'm just glad it's funny. All okay. Right, so I've just turning. taken it all out. Okay. Turned the water leave off. the water boiling. Turn it off. Okay. Once I've peeled it, it goes back in the ice bath or it Yeah, I'm just putting the mac back in the ice bath to, okay. to sit in the brine for a couple minutes. Got it. Is brine just salt? When people say I'm brining a turkey, is that always just salt or is it other it's- spices? It could be other spices. It's generally uh, salt and sugar. These peels are coming off really easily. It's yeah. kind of, it's pretty satisfying. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So you can do this if you want to can tomatoes. You can mm. do this to the tomatoes and remove the skins from the tomatoes really easily. Cool. I hate tomato skins and seeds. Of course. <laughs> you need, you, you'll need a sieve for your seeds. Right. These nectarines are so cute. Their little peeled bodies are so little, so cute. I'm glad you're enjoying their appearance. I'm having a blast over here with these little guys. And they're not sticky. I might have cooked mine a little too long. They seem to be kind of falling apart a little bit here. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so you're keeping your skin separate and then you're going to add them to the syrup? Actually, I'm just sticking it. I'm actually just tossing them into the pan that I'm going to make the syrup in in, in a minute. Uh- Oh, that's fun. I'm going to cook them in the, with sugar. I see. I thought you were just going to put the skins into the jar. No, the idea is to not put the skins in the jar at all. I did think about that, but I was like, I don't, I'd rather just have the nice, like clean syrup go into the jar. 
I see. So the skin experiment is during the actual creation of the simple syrup that goes on top of the fruit. Okay. I've got my sugar in my pan. I'm adding my water to it. Okay. I need to do that. It's going to be pretty. It's already turning pink. Remind me again of the ratio for the simple syrup, two to three. Two cups sugar. I add sugar and then I add water to this pan and turn the temperature up to medium. It just really has to come to a boil and it doesn't have to be fast. Okay. Especially since we're going to work on getting our fruit ready to go. Are you having, halving, having your fruit? Yes. That's what I'm, I'm I'm mangling mine a little bit here because (laughs) these are clinging. Mine, mine are lovely freestone. I'm just pulling the pits out of the centers really easily. I pulled out about five pieces to put in this jar. I have a the 20 ounce jar currently filling up. It looks like five is going to be the pretty much the right amount. I do know this is not going to use up all of my syrup that I'm making. Your simple so syrup? Yeah. You can quarter these. You can do any size fruit you want. Just doing halves is the easiest. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. I'm kind of quartering and kind of just ending up cutting around the pit at this point because I can't, it's really hard to pull it apart. Yours probably aren't as ripe as mine because yours, yours came from the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. It almost doesn't even look like a pit. (laughs) It's just part of it. (laughs) So yeah, four, four and a half. I ended up with four and a half. (laughs) Okay. That you'll use for the syrup. Nice. I check on my syrup over here. Is it important to get the jar all the way full or does it really matter? It America's cookbook said that the, the full jars look the prettiest. Well, that's true. Maybe I'll have to m- put it in a smaller jar then. You know what I say to that. I'm never going to pick things like that due to aesthetics. So Right. That's not the Gretchen philosophy. Nope. Fuck that noise. <laughs> okay. Switch to a smaller jar. There you go. That looks awful. Perfect. I did bring up. All right. And I'm just going to go ahead. I'm still waiting for my sugar water to boil. I'm just going to start mashing up my fruit for my jam. How mashed are we talking here? I mean, I'm just going to rip it off the like lightly mashed smaller chunks. But what I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I just take the peach and like the nectarine. Sorry, nectarine. I'm very (laughs) committed to this peach. I'm just confusing myself when, or I'm getting confused. And just but. sort of ripping it in pieces off of the pit and putting it Got in it. my container. Not like a real designated size, but. Just kind of breaking up that flesh a little. Yeah. Because okay. it'll break down. It'll continue to break down while it cooks. Got it. So you just don't want it like in big chunks, basically. Right. Okay. My sugar water is boiling. Looks like mine is probably too. Yep. Mine is boiling. Oh, I got a nice pink hue going on here. From the skin? Mm-hmm. Fun. Exactly what I wanted. Awesome. Should I add my fruit to the water, sugar water? The skins, you mean? Oh, right. No, right. Nope. I know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you forgot for a yep. second. Yep. I was skipping ahead to adding the fruit here, but we're pouring this over the nectarines in the jar already right right the, yeah got it i'm doing my syrup here pouring it over your yes. fruit okay 
Are you turning it off heat then once it's yes. ready? Okay. Yes. And I have fucking buttloads of syrup left. Okay. <laughs> Same. I could only add about one cup of liquid. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what I got in there. <laughs> So we'll probably have to empty the pan some before we put in the... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to have to okay. do that. <laughs> yes, okay. you are correct. <laughs> okay. I'll get going on that. We didn't want to use two pans and we're like, yeah, we'll just, you know, use up all the syrup. Maybe I'll save some of this simple syrup for some coffee. Oh, yeah. And we seal the nectarine syrup tight or... Not too tight. Not too tight. Earlier we said... And to be determined amount of pectin, because you, we weren't really sure of what kind of volume we'd have of fruit at this point, right? Correct. Since we're not going for a full batch, we're kind of, we're doing the, the Gretchen thing and making it up as we go. <laughs> I always have to look at the little pamphlet, which you should always do is <laughs> use the instruction on your pectin. <laughs> uh-huh. Since they, they're all a little bit different. Okay. So mine, I use, I like to use Pomona's universal pectin. You can use it in lower sugar recipes. So if you're concerned about sugar consumption or anything like that, this is a good option because all pectin requires sugar. So they'll usually give you like a ratio of you need this much prepared fruit for this much sugar and this much pectin and this much if there's anything else that you need to add. This says traditional jam, you would use one and a half tablespoons. Okay, that sounds right. And how much fruit does it say for the one and a half tablespoons? Okay, for every two, eight ounce, half pints of jam, you'll need one and a half tablespoon. But it doesn't tell you like what the fruit proportion should be. I mean, that's basically two cups of fruit, but. No, the recipe says two cups of fruit and six tablespoons of pectin all right well then we'll talk about we'll we'll read from my what does yours say (laughs) so the this one comes with a really nice as they come with this nice chart sort of thing so their general ratio for jam like we are doing today is for four cups of mashed fruit you'll need two teaspoons of pectin and then because this is special and uses calcium water i need two teaspoons of calcium water for four cups of fruit. And then for the sweetener, which we're using sugar, you can use anywhere from three quarters of a cup to two cups of sugar for this with this Pomona. I'm annoyed at your pectin container right now. I'm not giving (laughs) you adequate instructions. I think I have about two cups of fruit. So what was that ratio? So it's four cups of fruit to two teaspoons of pectin. So we would do one, one teaspoon. Okay. Okay. So what happens from here? We finished our syrup. Oh, did you put your ginger in the syrup? I did. Okay. You just put it in whole? Yes. I smashed it and then I put it in there. Okay. So I'm sorry. That was one teaspoon, right? Not tablespoon? Correct. I mean, the worst thing that's going to happen if you put too much pectin in there is (laughs) it'll be be much firmer. So, (laughs) okay. (laughs) So not ideal, but definitely still edible. Edible. Yeah. It'll be like. It'll be like uh, fruit leather or something like that. <laughs> All right. So, um, so what happens now? So we are going to take our mashed fruit. And so we need two tablespoons of lemon juice, 
to go in with our two cups of fruit. Okay. Where, so where does my fruit go right now? I just toss mine in my pan and I'm going to add the lemon juice. Two tablespoons. Correct. All right. What does the lemon do here? Well, it, sh it should help balance out the entire mixture, but also help prevent browning. But you could also just buy citric acid to use as well if you don't want like a lemon flavor to it. Okay. So I've added my fruit. I'm going to use a silicone coated spoon to stir this. At what temperature is, is this supposed to be at? I'm going to do medium just to okay. prevent any potential of it getting too hot too fast and burning. Nectarines and lemon, medium temperature. What happens now? I'm going to measure out my sugar. So I'm going to use three quarters of a cup of sugar for my two cups of fruit. Three quarters of a cup of sugar. Okay. And then I'm going to measure my pectin into the sugar and mix them together. Oh, shoot. I added my sugar to the peach, to the nectarines. Can you get it out? Mm -mm. <laughs> okay. You're going to add a little extra sugar. <laughs> okay. Shiitake. So just like a, another quarter of a cup. You just need something so that it doesn't clump together right away. Okay. So add the pectin to the to <laughs> sugar. Right. Mix it up. Yep. I added that. Is that okay? No, stop. Shit. It has to boil first. <laughs> God damn it. What do I do? I think you'll be okay. Um, well. Whisk it we'll to, see. yeah, mix it together real Real well. Okay. Okay. Oh my God. Sorry. <laughs> what is, what should happen from here? I put my fruit in the pan. I did my lemon juice in the pan and I'm bringing it up to a boil. And while I'm waiting for it to come to a boil, that's when I me was measuring my sugar and pectin, which I mixed together. And once my fruit gets to a boil, then I'm going to add my pectin. I see. Now, am I 100% certain that you have to do it that way? No. So yours might be totally fine. Okay, we'll see. We will find out what the effect is. <laughs> yep. Then your own mad Becca-ist uh, <laughs> experiment. <laughs> All right, so I'm just starting to boil around the edges here. So I mixed in my sugar and pectin mixture. Okay. And I'm kind of, it's just coming up to a boil again. All right. Mine's so boiling too. Okay. So as you're starting to thicken, are you seeing some thickness come in? I think so. The <laughs> nice thing about using, doing jam is that you're not, you don't usually have to worry quite as much about like getting it right. Whereas jelly, you have to be really specific about getting the right amount of pectin in there so that it will jelly. <laughs> I see. Cause that's and, what, cause you don't have the meat of the, of the fruit. So you have the you need the pectin as the binder. Right. How long does it boil? I was just thinking until thick, but I was like, maybe I should check with Pomona's uh, thing. <laughs> sure, vigorously. Once two minutes is uh, dissolve the pectin, while well, the mixture returns to the boil, remove from heat. Okay, we're good to go. Pull it out. Once okay. it's boiled, that's activated your pectin. So, and again, because I'm not worried about making this jam last forever, I'm just going to put it into a, a regular clean jar. What does yours look like? Mine's like a lot of liquid with some chunks of fruit. <laughs> yeah, that's what my, it'll thicken more as it cools. Okay. Is yours like pinky or just? Yeah, it's up? really pretty. Oh, pretty. Oh, you're yeah. pretty. Mine's very yellow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, these were pretty pink. I ended up with like about three cups total of jam. Nice. 
And that's it. <laughs> that's it. We did it. Nectarine syrup and jam. See? Not that hard. Mm-mm. Not that hard at all. We'll see how it turns out, though, with my pectin mishap. I think you'll be okay. Okay. Thank you for walking me through all that. Those yeah, yeah. really learned a lot, as always. Made a few mistakes, as always. And it'll be delicious, as always. Hey. I'm sure it'll be edible, as I always say. <laughs> At least edible. I'll have to report back. Yeah, so- stay tuned. Time travel time. Have we both used these items since we stopped recording last time we met? Uh, well, yes. I kind of can't stop eating the jam. <laughs> but notably, I made a really tasty almond butter and nectarine jam sandwich for breakfast the other day. Yum. And I used my nectarines and syrup on my fleur de lay. Mm, delicious. Delicious. I sort of used both of them. I used the jam more than I used the syrup. And I mostly just made a lot of toast with a shitload of butter and then the nectarine jam on top as like a dessert throughout the week, which was so good. I still have some of the jam. It's okay to still use, right? Like I've kept yeah. it. Yeah. Just double check them. Oh yes. No, the jam shouldn't be a problem. It's only the nectarines and syrup that we both had an issue with that I didn't discover until I went to use it on my fleur de lay and then went, there's something that right here. <laughs> Uh, excuse me? <laughs> Is this what I left here? <laughs> Turns out there's a very vital step in the making peaches and syrup because if you don't cook the fruit, the fruit will start to ferment and then you've just put the fruit into a sugar syrup, which will also ferment. So we made alcohol, everybody. <laughs> we, we made, made peach wine? Peach, peach beer? <laughs> what do we Peach mead, I think, would be kind of a more accurate description. Yeah. Not (laughs) Not ideal. Peach gin, and it was peach ginger. Uh, (laughs) I I guess it would be kind of a beer, yeah. Like peach ginger beer, not... Not what we expected for our Florida Lay topping. Yeah, I was pretty perplexed because I was like, is this just spicier than I wanted it to be? I was like, no, it feels like it's bubbling. Why is that? (laughs) Why would it be bubbling? Strange things are afoot here. And I thought I'd seen some bubbles in it, but I just thought that was bubbles settling out of like from underneath the fruit. No, it was not. No, (laughs) I'm with you. I took the lid off the first time I was about to use it. And I noticed that things started like rising up past the sides of the jar and I was like oh oh that's probably not supposed to happen so I just set it in the sink for a while until it had bubbled up and out enough and then I tasted it and I was like this I'm not so sure I should use this like it's (laughs) I don't know if this is what we were going for here (laughs) it wasn't it's (laughs) It it's, sa- it's safe to eat, but okay, got it. Pleasant, not always. Like <laughs> a, a wild fermentation is not always the best thing. <laughs> An unexpected fermentation. 
And mine was in the fridge and it still fermented, which I was like kind of amazed at. <laughs> You're like, really? That was wild. Uh, mine, I did put into the freezer. So mine, I decided I would inhibit its further deterioration by putting it in the freezer. Yeah. And try, try it again later. Yeah. Oh, well. well, now we know that. I did want to say I never found the pit. There was so much cohesion between flesh and pit that I just like cut out around it and really never got to the pit of it. And I was like, fuck this. Like, why aren't stone fruits free floating the way that they're supposed to be? So that made me irritated. I really think it, yours were just very underripe. Oh, is probably the main issue. When you get your new place and you can grow stuff outside, we'll mm. get you set up with some mini nectarines and, or, you know, mini fruit trees that you can put in pots so you can take them with you. Yeah, that sounds great. I thought this was a good introduction to jam. Jam. And now we know that fun fact about syrup and jam is easier than I thought it was. And I'm so glad that at High Gluttony headquarters, we have a jam expert. To make us survive throughout the year with jam, which is so important. Yeah, I wanted wanted to ask because my nectarine jam is really thick. It's very well set. We might have got a little too much pectin in it. Oh, mine's a little runny. Okay, so yours is probably fine. So I probably put more in more in than you. It's not too runny, but I have found that I've been just like picking out the big chunks of fruit to put on my toast <laughs> instead of the like liquidy-ish part? part. Yeah. Mine is quite solid. So cool. So cool. So we learned a lot about stone fruit. We learned a lot about fermentation. We learned a lot about jam. Jam. It was de- And it was delicious as always. Everything we do is always good. No matter how much we fuck it up, it always tastes good still at the end of the day. So... A win. Win, win, win. And we figured out how to make fruit that can fuck you up. <laughs> if you want that. So. Yes, please. Keep exploring. Keep <laughs> gluttoneering. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, kind of. We appreciate it. We're growing. We're so excited to see our new listeners everywhere. And... Thank you for joining us, Gluttoneers. Off we go. Off we go. Oh, I forgot my coconuts. Oh, shake your boobs. Off we go. (laughs) (laughs) We lost our coconuts. We only have our boobs. (laughs) (laughs) Off we go. Jiggle, 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 jiggle. (laughs)